Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. The Art of Waging Small Business Warfare Podcast, teaching Davids how to defeat Goliaths. Now here's your host, Mark Anthony Peterson. Welcome back to the podcast for entrepreneurs, startups, and yes, business mavericks. In this podcast, we teach entrepreneurs how to defeat the corporate giants. Just like in the story of David and Goliath, David defeated a much taller and stronger Goliath not by fighting the giant in hand-to-hand -hand combat, but by using technology. A slingshot. The slingshot allowed the smaller David to attack from a distance that minimized the advantages that Goliath had over the smaller David. My name is Mark Anthony Peterson, and I am a serial entrepreneur and managing executive at Serial Consulting, a leading small business strategy and technology consulting firm. I'm also the author of the book, Gorillapreneur. Small Business Strategy for David's Wanting to Defeat Goliaths, which is available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and iTunes. This podcast is brought to you by Sierra Consulting. An idea can launch a business, a strategy can take it global. During episode four of our podcast, we introduce you to Tracy and Kelly Wright, co-founders of the Atlanta-based 
two doe girls. Now, in my mastermind interviews, I seek out business mavericks who integrate gorillapreneur principles into the core of their business model. Remember, we define gorillapreneurs as business mavericks who exploit excess capacity or inefficiencies in existing systems for the benefit of their business with the intent of generating incremental profits that will be invested in slingshot technology. Technology that will let their small business price or serve at the same level as the corporate giant. Tracy and Kelly launched their small business using pop-up shops as their primary way to distribute their baked goods. Now, even big brands like Target and Levi's and Adidas and Gap use pop-up shops to generate buzz for their brands. But there are so many other benefits for pop-up shops that we learned from Tracy and Kelly in episode four. First, pop-up shops are affordable. Tracy and Kelly invest as little as $100 to get access to an audience of interested customers without having to spend thousands in marketing. Second, pop-up shops only require short-term commitments. Tracy and Kelly often commit to a single day when they sign up for a pop-up shop. Third, pop-up shops let you test an area or a market before you have to commit to a long-term strategy. Fourth, pop-up shops may help you launch your online business. Tracy and Kelly mentioned that they often meet customers at pop-ups events who become repeat buyers through their website. Now, before you launch your business, consider using a pop-up shop as part of your soft launch before you commit to a full-scale rollout. If you missed Tracy and Kelly's story, please check out episode four on iTunes or Podomatic or even go to our website, CRO.com. And while you got your browser open, go ahead and type in two dough girls and order some of those great donuts, muffins, or cookies. Well, this month, we have another exciting mastermind interview and we continue in the food and beverage area. I traveled to Chattanooga, Tennessee to meet with the internet startup Too Good Coco and interview their chief tasting officer, Megan Waddell. They have launched an internet business, Too Good Coco, that is socially conscious and they make gourmet cocoa. But before we jump into that mastermind interview, let's discuss what's new in Gorillapreneur News. Gorillapreneur News, news about their sharing gig and circular loop economy that is expected to grow to $57 billion by 2025. First in Gorillapreneur News, there's a new ride sharing service that was launched in Boston for women only. Yes, I said a women's only ride sharing service. On March 1st, Safer initiated its consumer rollout of their women's only ride sharing platform. That's women riders and women drivers. And they launched in the Boston market and they expect to roll out in other major cities later this year. Safer, which is S-A-F-R, their mission is to empower women to participate more fully in the $9 billion ride-sharing economy. Now, why would an all-female ride-sharing service be necessary? Well, here are some facts that might set you straight. Currently, women only make up a quarter of the total drivers with the existing services like Uber and Lyft. And those who do drive, they make 34% less than their male counterparts. Boo! On average, women riders are unnecessarily taken for 5% longer rides by unscrupulous drivers. Boo. So Safer has come along and they put together a value proposition and built a business model around women. Four women, 
by women. And their board member, Stephanie Sonnabend, stated in a Business Wire article that you know, women have been reluctant to become ride-sharing drivers because of safety concerns. Well, Safer is going to solve all of that. First, they're going to offer drivers equity in the company. Yes, owners. They're going to make them owners, and they're going to do that by giving them equity commensurate with the hours they drive and the number of other women they refer to the company. Safer is going to offer its drivers bystander training to empower them to create a safe working environment. And they're building their entire technology platform around managing safety and security for women, both the drivers and the passengers, to ensure a door-to-door security for both parties, the passenger and the driver, including what they call an SOS button that they can push to alert someone if the ride has gone completely off the rails. They also have a cool feature where they use color matching to ensure that the passenger and the driver have connected with the right person before initiating the ride. I like that. Now, if you want to check them out, they already have an app in the App Store and Google Play. And as I mentioned, they'll be rolling out to other major cities throughout 2017. It's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. Uber and Lyft will most definitely respond if Safer takes away market share. And I suspect that Uber and Lyft can modify their platform to give women the option to select a female driver. However, I think Safer has a competitive advantage here because they've created an experience for women by women, much like the W Hotel has done in a hospitality space. I won't be surprised if we see Uber or Lyft try to acquire Safer and operate it as a standalone division within their business. Second in Gorillapreneur news. Have you ever thought about owning a cow? I think about it daily because I love hamburgers. But for you, you may be like the rest of the folks in the U.S. who just want better beef. They want grass-fed beef, and that's a growing trend that's driving more people to look to local ranchers to get their meat. And that's been a difficult process. And so startups like CrowdCow have made it easier for you to own a cow with your friends and buy exact cuts of high-quality, sustainable meat directly from the farm. Now, CrowdCow touts itself as being the only brand in the world that provides direct access access to local ranchers with the greatest level of transparency around how that cow is treated. Ethan Lowry, the guy that was behind Urban Spoon, is the guy behind Crowd Cow. And he was inspired to launch this business when he found out a number of his friends were buying directly from ranchers, but they were struggling to make payments and schedule deliveries. So he launched Crowd Cow to make that a lot easier. Now he may be on to something because this market has grown from about $3 million in 1990 to $2.5 billion. And that's a tremendous growth in the market and is expected to increase. But this service tips the scale now in favor of the small guy. They can get capital to raise better quality beef in a growing market with direct access to the consumer cutting out the middleman. Wow, great, great concept. Pretty cool. I think I'm going to buy a cow. Third in Gorilla Panure News. Equipment share, the Airbnb of the construction space, these guys just raised $26 million. They closed that in a Series B round, which follows on the heel of a Series A round, which just closed a year ago. And these guys help contractors rent out underutilized equipment from their fellow contractors. They've really stepped it up in their business by launching a new component to their business, a telematic system for the contractors called ES Track. And it allows them to gather a lot of data about the equipment that they have under their management. They can tell whether it's parked, whether it's being used on a job or rented out. Well, this market is just exploding. 
the equipment rental market, according to the American Rental Association, is at $52 billion, and it's attracting a lot of different competitors to the space. Yard Club, San Francisco-based startup, they've gotten the backing of Caterpillar. you got another group, Gettable. They tout themselves as an equipment concierge, and they will go out and get equipment from their trusted suppliers. And then you have a Canadian-based startup called Dozer, and they build a membership and let you rent from other members. So this market, I love it, but it also it shows a larger trend of sharing models that are emerging where there's a lot of high cost capital being invested in equipment. Remember in episode one, I talked to you about machinerylink.com, which allows farmers to boost their bottom line by sharing the equipment that they've purchased. Now, there's $244 billion worth of farm equipment in the U.S. And now these farmers can make every piece of that equipment a revenue-generating opportunity, even when it's idle. Machinery Link makes it easy because they operate like Airbnb. The owners can block off days when they plan to use the equipment, and users can come in and tap into open days when the equipment is idle. As of July of 2016, Machinery Link had over 1,300 growers participating on the platform cool really really cool so as we look out there at other high cost underutilized equipment there's going to soon be a market around it now we've talked about farms and equipment and all kinds of stuff that would lead you to believe that the sharing economy is just for the average joe no the rich and famous have decided they want to get in on this too and they want to share their stuff with other rich people Boo. And a handful of companies have jumped in to make that possible. Invited Home. These guys are offering a collection of posh 10,000 square foot homes in places like Maui, Lake Tahoe, and Santa Barbara. And the homes range in value from 1 million to 20 million. Third Home, these guys are based out of Brentwood, Tennessee. They facilitate swaps. So if you're rich and you have a great home, you want to swap with another rich person with a great home, a third home is helping you do that. These guys have approximately 8,000 properties in 80 countries with the average home value of about $2 million on their platform. I was on looking around uh, the other day and I saw where they had a small island castle that comes with its own boat that you could rent out, uh, assuming you could join their platform. Now, some of these houses may not offer a boat. And if you needed a boat to get to some of these posh spots, got two startups for you boat setter based in florida and the san francisco based get my boat which i introduced to you in episode four will allow you to rent a yacht now boat setter already has five thousand boats in locations across south florida the mediterranean and the caribbean get my boat these guys are the monsters in the space they have fifteen thousand boats and over sixty four thousand watercrafts so they, they carry everything from the expensive yachts down to the smallest kayak they operate in 171 countries and seven thousand locations but what if you're just not a boat person you know you get seasick you want to take a jet you want to take a private jet jet suite and jet smarter are two startups that are using an uber style model to share private jets consumers can split the cost of chartering a private plane and if you jump in on the jet smarter model you can come and be a member of their service and you can book a jet or offer a seat on your jet to other members or you can buy an empty seat from a jet that's already been chartered and if you're a member of jet smarter you can book a flight for as little as $2,000. And there are testimonials on the site where people book seats on flights that have already been chartered for hundreds of dollars to going to really great places. But here's the rub. To get to be a member of JetSmarter, your first year's membership fee is $15,000. And every year after that, it's only a measly 
$1,000. But if you fly a lot, you know, you're a million miler like I used to be, this may not be a bad service. You pay the $15,000 up front, and then you can hop a ride on chartered flights going anywhere for hundreds of dollars, which would be a tremendous savings if you were combining through a commercial airline. Man, this is great. This is going to really save the rich a lot of money. Cool. Now it's time to transition to the Mastermind interview with Megan of Two Good Coco. I traveled to Chattanooga, Tennessee to meet with her and talk about the business that she and her twin sister Jessica started in July of 2016. Welcome to Gorillapreneur. Perfect. The Art of Waging Small Business Warfare podcast. Mm -hmm. uh, we are so excited to be talking with you today about your business and helping uh, others to kind of understand the path that you took, you and your twin sister, yes. uh, in launching this business, and then the incredible good you're doing with your mm -hmm. business to give back to some terrific causes. We mm -hmm. want to absolutely learn about that as well. So tell me about you. Tell me about your background sure. and what you did before you launched this business and what got you into Coco. Coco. Yeah, <laughs> right. Coco. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, actually, so I... And my sister, we both went to school in Nashville. We went to Belmont. And then after we graduated, she moved to Texas with her now husband. And so I kind of stayed behind. I got involved in a franchise there on the corporate level and learned business basics in terms of, you know, food costs and ROI and marketing and all that stuff. So at the time, I didn't realize how much I was actually learning. But then back last year, it was probably, I'd say, October, we have a friend who owns a pumpkin patch. Her family owns a pumpkin patch, which is obviously seasonal. They're, they do it in the fall. They knew that my sister, who is a genius in the kitchen. I mean, she creates wedding cakes and birthday cakes, and I'm sure her children are going to get spoiled because they're going to be used to these elaborate mm. birthday cakes. But uh, So she's great in the kitchen, and her friend said, hey, can you just make some cocoa? We just want some cocoa to sell because the weather's cold and people are asking for, like, a hot beverage. And Jessica said, yeah. And so she created a few flavors, and they went over really well. Jessica looked at me, and she said, you know, I think we could probably sell these. And I said, yeah, I'm sure. And in my mind, I, I was thinking large scale. And so I said, do you want me to help? And she said, yeah, I'd love it because you have a little bit of a business background. And I called her up the next week and I said, okay, so here's our logo. You got business cards coming. Here's our website. This is what we're going to do. And she was like, oh, okay. And we started talking about it. And she said, I was thinking more local. And I was like, oh, she goes, but this is great. This is scalable. This is, you know, where I wanted to go. I just didn't know we were going to go there immediately. And so, uh, you know, once we talked about it, we decided that Internet was obviously, for her, the ideal place to go because it's something that I can manage from where I'm at. But she is a mother of three, and her husband works on the road and stuff, so she doesn't have time or the ability to open up a brick and mortar and to go there and man it and, and work on all of that stuff. So we definitely decided early on that Internet was going to be our base, and that that's how we were going to do it. Obviously, a brick and mortar or some kind of food truck, or, or I guess it'd be a cocoa truck, or something in the future uh, would be great and stuff, but that's kind of how we decided 
honestly, it was low cost of entry because it, we don't have to store any inventory. It was able to be done over the internet, which is great because we don't live in the same city. And I'm able to handle what I'm good at and she's able to do what she's good at, which, you know, she's creating more recipes and doing all of that stuff. So it was really a crazy just coincidence that she even started doing cocoa and saw how much she liked it and then a miscommunication <laughs> that, that started our internet launch. So obviously serendipitous though because here wow. we are and we love what we do. So that's that's how we got here. Right. Now Jessica, she's your twin sister. Twin sister, yes. Okay. And you have her on the website listed as Chief Flavor Officer? Yes. And you're the Chief <laughs> Tasting, tasting officer. officer. Okay. Yes. And that's what I'm good at. Everything that she does, I could never do it, but I can always tell her how she can tweak it. Uh-huh. So she'll give me a bite of icing and she'll say, what should I do? And, oh, maybe just add a little more of this flavor or that flavor. But I could never recreate it. So it was a perfect pairing in the sense that she's uh, she's great at making it and I'm great at critiquing it so and that's honestly especially when we started that was my role was helping her create the flavors and we were brainstorming flavors and how we can because I mean it's it's a, a mix it's a blend so you can't have any wet ingredients so it's just a, what can we do and then how do we do it and and how do we launch it and stuff so uh, my role was largely tasting Let's take the audience through how you got that part of the business off the ground. Sure. Yeah, we actually are fairly new. We started at the end of last year, November, December-ish, because, like I said, it was around October when her friend approached her. And so it was probably the end of October when we saw how well-received her cocoa was doing and kind of had the idea and stuff. And then after that, it was probably, you know, a two-week process to get things up and running in terms of, you know, we had to have a name and, and stuff like that. And it wasn't towards the end. I mean, we had the the website was created, we had a logo and everything, and then my fiance had the idea, you guys should give back. Like that would be such a great idea that not not it wouldn't be a shtick, it would be such a great way you can contribute. And we completely agreed and so we kinda had to go back and overhaul it. <laughs> and so we, you know, renamed it because our name is Too Good Coco, which obviously there's two of us, but you also get to taste good and do good. And so, you know, we completely almost reconceptualized the whole thing, which took a little bit as well. And then we probably officially launched in December. And since then, it's been a largely, we basically have our internet base from our social media. And then she lives in our hometown. So we obviously have a lot of local support, uh, which makes sense because we, one of our causes is a local boys and girls club in that city. So we've kind of got two bases. We've got our internet base and then we've got our local hometown base that are really driving a lot of our sales right now. Now you talk a little bit about the process of developing your blends. Mm -hmm. Did you have to go out and acquire any sort of special equipment to get that part of the business off the ground? And how did you guys approach, approach that part of the business? Yeah, actually, thankfully, It's a blender. I mean, you know, you have to go source the ingredients. And in fact, right now we're trying to figure out an organic or vegan blend that we can use. But essentially, I mean, once you get it together, and there's definitely a most effective way to do it in terms of when you introduce what ingredients. But other than that, it's a blender, which is, again, one of the reasons we started the company was because we were 
able to do it with very little investment because you know like i said she's a mother of three it's not like she's got money to to just throw around and stuff but we will eventually need more equipment to blend bigger batches and stuff like that and definitely probably a co-packer in the future right now it's us doing it so she pulls together a blend and does she ship it to you to taste or well right because we we do own a company so i'm home i probably go home once a month and that's to brainstorm work things out with her help with any kind of fulfillment she needs but then also to go see my nieces and nephews because so, she's got three and then my brother has now four and so there's just a lot of a lot of things to do when i'm home so i make it home very frequently excellent and then now you said you got a, a base of mm-hmm. people who know you but the yes. growing audience is this internet audience yes which makes the business scalable yes exactly. and you spoke to us a little bit about tapping into your current social media take us take us through what you've done to, to grow that aspect of the of the business sure well several years ago i started growing my current social media and that has been such a, a blessing because i mean when she approached me about starting the company i already had probably around fifty thousand twitter followers so i was able able to leverage that for feedback support sales and that's how we Mm-hmm. got exactly. hooked up was my personal Twitter. So um, we actually have been riding that wave heavily with, with my personal Twitter. And that's been a, I've been able to push people to our Too Good Coco Twitter, our Too Good Coco Facebook. It's definitely social, in my opinion, is the future of selling. But it's a lot of work. So it's a lot of uh, engagement. It's a lot of wording things correctly and making visually pleasing content and compelling content and that's where a lot of my time is spent okay. is the content creation and curation help the audience understand how you got to 50,000 people right. following because that, that's a huge number and I think you're, you're even higher than that now right yeah yeah a little bit higher and truly it's it took years, but it's it's engagement. It's following people you find interesting. It's engaging those people, and then it's engaging the people who engage you back. And and so it's not a quick process, but it's definitely a lucrative process if you have that idea. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you have a company that you can start, and then you already have that built-in fifty thousand followers. But truly, it's follow people that you think are interesting, and then don't be afraid to engage. And make sure that you share things that are shareable. So on Twitter, that would be make sure that you tweet things that are retweetable. A lot of lot of quotes, a lot of funny things, and stuff like that. But truly, it's engagement. How have you been successful in converting those followers mm-hmm. into customers? Yeah, I think the the charity aspect helps to initially just almost warm them up to us. You know, I've gotten a lot of feedback on my personal account of people who love the concept of giving back and that their purchase is going towards not just charity, but a charity that they get to choose from. And they love that idea. I've gotten personal messages on Twitter. You know, oh, my son has autism and we love the fact that we can get a great product and help that cause. And autism is one of our causes. And um, so it's really been, thankfully, the charity aspect that has helped to drive the sales. Obviously, we're doing everything we can from a marketing perspective and just engaging and and trying to do all of that. But I would say, I mean, millennials are a very socially conscious generation. And so if you can work some kind of aspect of that into your company, people will respond to it and people will want to support you. And I think it's a great 
it's a great idea for business. So I think it's obviously a, a better idea for the world and, you know, whatever charities you choose and stuff. But truly, it's been the charity aspect that has really encouraged people to, to go ahead and buy and just try it out. Give us an example of a campaign that you've run using the charities that you support that have been really successful in converting some of your mm -hmm. personal followers into company customers. Yeah, so we are, we're not doing it anymore, but we are tinkering with marshmallows because cocoa is obviously a seasonal product, but my sister, like anything she does in the kitchen, makes great homemade marshmallows. And so we used our social media to test it out. We sent, we used our social media to get people who are interested in trying them to try them. And also with social media, we're able to ask for feedback. So it's definitely, I would say our marshmallow campaign was an actual campaign that we used, but the social media enabled us to get direct feedback. Uh, so we can tweak if we need to and, and all of that stuff. So, yeah, definitely the Marshmallow campaign, which was my favorite campaign. Excellent. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> now, do you have a, uh, a target customer, yeah, a profile of customer that you now say we believe, you know, enjoy our product? Sure, yeah. I would say our target demographic is probably 25 to 45 female. And, and it, those are just the people who tend to drink cocoa at home because there's a difference between people who – drink cocoa at home and then the people who go to a coffee shop and, and get cocoa irregularly. So a lot of the people on Pinterest are the people we're targeting. Uh, so stay-at-home moms, work-at-home moms, we it's people like that, people who, like I said, 25 to 45 who drink cocoa at home. Those tend to be the people who drink cocoa at home, 25, 45-year-old okay. females. Now, you mentioned Pinterest. How, how are you using that mm -hmm. to target that, that group? So right now, obviously, we're posting our product pictures and stuff like that. We are Our next step in marketing is creating video content. So... We are in the process of launching a food blog on our website, which is different ways to incorporate hot cocoa mix into non-hot cocoa items, like hot cocoa pancakes and hot cocoa cupcakes and stuff like that. And recipe videos are huge. And so we're basically going to take each recipe and make a recipe video out of it, which video content is definitely a rising platform and already on Pinterest, which is basically taking over the, the sale of everything. So... That's our that's our next goal is video content on Pinterest. And is that designed to reinforce this current market or grow your your profile and tapping into you know some different de demographics? Yeah, a little bit of both. Our the main goal of that would be to introduce people to the idea of cocoa in the summer. Uh, you can have a frozen hot chocolate. You can have cocoa cupcakes. You can have hot cocoa in things that are not hot, you know? And so um, I, I would say the, the main goal of that would be to increase our hold on the, the customer base that we already have, and then definitely to grow in whatever way we can our customer base in general. But we really think that who we're reaching now on Pinterest would be a lot more responsive to a video content. And video is what 
goes viral. So, you know, everybody on my Facebook is sharing those recipes of, right. you know, chicken enchilada casserole and, and all of that stuff. And so we're looking to tap into that because it's a, it's a visual world and we process visual information a lot more quickly than we process word information in front of us, even verbal information. So we're just trying to tap into what resonates with people. How do you innovate? Mm-hmm. around your different flavors what drives that process yeah well and it's and it's truly trying to reimagine our product and how it can fit into different areas because there's the obvious innovation in terms of we just have this new flavor right but the innovation and in how to convert that into a different food or a different form like I said we're, we're trying to tweak our recipe so that you can make frozen hot chocolate out of it and stuff like that. Um, I think that that's a super fun part, but it's also it's a part that I can't contribute to too much because I have zero knowledge um, in the kitchen. And so it's that's one of those, it's Jessica's deal. She's the, she's the innovator, and I just take what she gives me and I try to make it pretty on the Internet. So it seems like the, the bulk of your thinking and innovation mm-hmm. now is really to get past the seasonality. Exactly. And it has been, we were talking, it's been a little bit of an early spring. A little bit, right? <laughs> yeah, so, so we've kind of moved that up on the priority list. But, yeah, and that's where it's just trying to get your customers to, to think about you regularly and so that every time they open up that cabinet, there's your logo right there on that pouch and, and, and trying to get them to see the different ways that they can use your product. Now, you, you on, on the packaging, you've mm-hmm. done some, some fantastic stuff to get people to try mm-hmm. based on the size of the packs yeah. and, the, and the, uh, the flavors that are in the pack. Why don't we mm-hmm. take a look at one of those? Yeah. So you, you, right. you got the big pack. That's this for the is, person who's really committed, right? Yes. This is, <laughs> this is 15 servings. So this is either for a Hankoko enthusiasts or just a big family. Okay. So definitely, and this just happens to be peppermint, which is our most popular flavor and my peppermint. I would personal not have flavor. guessed that. You know what? I'm not a big peppermint fan, but then when, when Jessica had me taste the peppermint cocoa, it's crazy. It's oh. so good. So really? I don't even like if it's a peppermint now you got flavored anything. Dark, you got chocolate, you got yes. caramel and peppermint. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So, and we've also, this is our, we call it our petite size. Okay. So this is um, six servings and it's our pumpkin spice, which pumpkin spice is everywhere. Right. Cut. Starbucks, one of their favorite. Yes. With their pumpkin spice. Exactly. Right. The, what is it? The PSL, pumpkin spice latte. Right. And then this is, we have a sample pack. And so these are, it's about three servings in each one of these. But what we do is we give you one of these for each flavor. So you can kind of just see which one you like the best and then reorder 15. Right. The 15 other big servings ones. of it. Really? But honestly, my favorite part of the packaging is on the back. We have a little sticker and we tell you what your purchase went towards. Because you get to pick out, at checkout, you get to pick out one of five causes. And so, and we just remind you. Now, who had that idea? I purchased some cocoa online. Yes, you did. And I... I got to the, to the screen where mm-hmm. I was entering all my information, and there was a drop-down that let me select yes. the cause I was most you know passionate about. Yes. And that, that, like I said, that was my fiancé's idea. He said, you guys need to give back to charity. So I guess, actually, now that we're talking about it, it was probably a combination of all three of us, because it, it evolved after that into... One charity, multiple charities, let's just let them choose, you know? And so um, that was probably actually my favorite part of developing the business was researching all of the charities. And we really got to pick the one that resonated with us the most in terms of, you know, for hunger, we 
partner with an organization that not only feeds people who need food, but then they also go into farms across the nation and teach about food waste. And so, and then they take that food waste and they use that in their efforts to feed people. So we, we've got a lot of organizations like that that do a lot of, they try to work on prevention and support for the cause. You've mm-hmm. created a very efficient mm-hmm. business that uh, utilizes a tool that gives you a lot more ability to scale than yes. say businesses 20 or 30 years ago oh, yeah. to be able to do this from your home mm-hmm. uh, without having a storefront mm-hmm. and taking that savings and putting it right back into the business and, and growing that's exactly and that's why we're able to do it because we don't have the overhead of a brick and mortar shop we don't have to deal with uh, right now payroll because it's my sister and I which is perfect uh, so yeah we definitely I guess pass those savings on to the customer in terms of they get to choose where their uh, donation is going to go essentially and to me that I, you know, I love that good yeah. I've been you know around these types of businesses the, the sharing and gig and uh, model type businesses mm-hmm. and that is such a cool aspect mm-hmm. to take that savings and say let's do some good with it yeah and you know it it helps <sighs> You were talking on your last interview with the two Doe girls. Right. There are some days when you're just like, why am I doing this? Right. But when when you have an aspect like this to your company, it, it makes it so much easier to snap at it. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors, and add blocks. No custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply those funks. So with a business like yours, mm-hmm. uh, it certainly seems important to get your current customers to keep buying. Yes. How are you managing your win back campaigns? Right. And so without 
I would say the very beginning, we try to stay in touch with them. We send a shipping confirmation email. We send a follow-up survey email. We have a subscription. We have an email subscription list that people can subscribe to so we can touch and touch and touch. And then we do have, I wouldn't say it's a drip campaign yet. That's kind of the goal. But just reminders where when we do get that food blog up, when we do have that video content, we can share it with these people who have already bought so that because we know they already bought it once and from their survey responses we know if they liked it or not and so then we can teach them how to reinvent the blends into other parts of their culinary experience and so it's really in I guess the goal in the immediate future is to create a drip campaign so that when we do have those the food blog and the video content that we can share it and that's I think one thing about social selling is repurposing your content because more than likely you're not going to reach one person on every platform so if you've got an Instagram and a Pinterest in a Twitter you repurpose that content and if you've got a subscription list you repurpose that content so that you can pick up the people that might not have seen you on any of those other platforms and so that that's kind of our goal is to to make sure that everybody sees at least one version of our content for the newbies out there mm-hmm. to marketing give them a, give them a quick definition of drip campaign what do you mean by that yeah so for us it's going to be an email campaign that you we're trying to touch them in our case it's going to be about every two months and so it's going to be a reminder it's going to depending on what cause they chose it's going to talk about a cause maybe a related charity we try to sprinkle in things that are not just product focused on our social media and all of that we try to not just try to sell 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 we have on our Facebook, we have a Friday highlight, which is highlighting a business or a cause that's doing good and stuff like that. So in our drip campaign, it's going to be a combination of product-centered emails and then volunteer-slash-charity-centered emails. Basically, we'll touch them about every two months and, and just try to, to get them back. And if we do already have them back, if they're a repeat customer, just to stay out in front of them so that I think the saying is, you know, your name has to be in front of somebody seven times before they really even remember it if somebody else brings it up. So we're just trying to hit that seven times <laughs> so that, you know, if somebody says hot cocoa around one of our customers, they're going to be like, hot cocoa, let me tell you. Right. <laughs> so. Are you using any tools now that monitor visits to the website? Mm-hmm. And what are you doing to capture emails for the email list? Right. So we have, we used Wix for okay. to build our website and they have analytics in terms of who's on your website right now we have the option of chatting with anybody on our website and it tells us weekly visits monthly visits all of that obviously google analytics uh, for anybody who who wants to get into the the thick of it and stuff like that so we again we didn't have a whole lot of funds to start this so we are really taking advantage of the free tools that come with it which are it's 2017 you can you can start a business for close to nothing right. and do very well and, and have your analytics and know where to go and what to do and you know you're not shooting in the dark and it's great I mean I, it's a great time to be alive I guess it is absolutely <laughs> yes. and for the audience at Wix.com W ix.com yes. yes and you get a free website with all of these tools right you so you can get a free website they will advertise on it you can upgrade to a premium website which is 
you get your own domain because the free website is not twogoodcoco.com. It would have to be wix.com slash twogoodcoco or, or something like that. But I've, I have built three websites on Wix because my fiance also has a podcast and I have a blog and I've used Wix for all of it. And I would not classify myself as any kind of website builder or graphic designer, but if I can do it, anybody can do it. <laughs> take us through the analytics. How are you using the analytics? Right. Just to give the audience a sense of how easy it is to take some of those tools and turn it into real customers. Sure. Yeah. And well, one thing it's great for is when you do do a campaign, when you do introduce a new flavor and stuff, do your visits spike? You know, and it's basically whenever you start, you can first of all see on the day which which day is most popular did it correspond with the this twitter post that pinterest video stuff like that so it really allows you to pinpoint because we have we schedule all of our social media using hootsuite which again is free <laughs> and so we know exactly when we posted things and obviously we did a little bit of research in terms of the ideal time and stuff to post on which platforms and stuff but we know exactly when we posted something so we can go back and see well, we had this spike which is great what is it correlated to and so you just you do more of that right. and then if you have something that really fell flat then you don't do more of that right. and so and it's truly at the very nascent stage of analytics you just use it to see what worked and then you do more of it and that, that's how we're using it right now perfect yes now, let's go one more level deeper okay okay so hootsuite for, for the audience out there yes. hootsuite hoot like the owl h-o-o-t suite.com again a free tool that lets you yes. manage your social media platform mm -hmm. post in multiple places with a single uh, piece of content so you take that mm -hmm. you know the analytics mm -hmm. and then you say what what do you do with that after you start with hootsuite yeah so you can on Hootsuite you can post using up to three social media platforms so we can quickly schedule our posts and then we know when we posted and actually Hootsuite has a feature where they can you can auto schedule which means they will post it when they think is the best time but then we can go to our Wix either website or app which is linked into Google Analytics, and we can see following that tweet, post, pin, whatever, <laughs> kind of the, the website traffic, and we can kind of see how it's doing. And actually, a lot of platforms provide free analytics. I mean, Twitter provides free analytics. Pinterest provides a little bit of analytics. Instagram provides analytics. If you sign up as a business, a lot of times each platform will provide you with free analytics. And you can take that and you can see. And they, they will even, a lot of times, point out what's working. It's essentially... We're trying to grab from other companies that we love and those certain aspects that we like, and we're trying it out. If it doesn't work, there, or if there's no way that we can really fit it into our model or our social model, then we just move on. Yeah, that, and that's perfect. Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's being back in a laboratory. Oh, right? yeah. And it's fun. If that's what you like to do, it is exactly. really fun. Exactly. And it's, it, like I said, it's so easy with the tools mm -hmm. to do it at low, next to no cost. Yes, look at little. what you sent out mm -hmm. and see if people liked it. And like you exactly. said, if they like, keep doing that, yeah, do more and, <laughs> and put it across all the platforms that mm -hmm. you have and yes. see that traffic grow Start to increase. around your brand. That's the idea. Oh, that's terrific. Mm -hmm. I mean, and for people out there who are thinking about starting a business, and if you're not on social media, if you don't have uh, these accounts, you need to start today. Start now. Start today, and like I said, engage people, grow yes. that presence, mm -hmm. and then leverage.
leverage that to get your brand out there. Even if you don't have an idea, because that's the thing. I had 50,000 followers when my sister approached me, and I had no reason to have 50,000 followers. I just saw the potential of having a large social footprint. So if, if you don't even have an idea yet, that doesn't mean you can't get started. You know, you can start on Pinterest, Instagram, Twitter, all of that stuff. Just start engaging. Just start growing your presence so that when you do have that idea, because if you want, if you want to be an entrepreneur, you, you have those goggles on. So you're going to see things in terms of the opportunity. And so you'll get the idea. It's just a matter of when you get that, get that idea, do you already have a little bit of an audience that you can project that to and get feedback and sales and, and support? Now, have you seen your efforts start to pay off in terms of your brand? Are people in your community, when they think of Coco, associating that with your brand? Yeah. Well, and, you know, my family in our hometown community have been there for a while. So we're very involved in the community anyway. And so in that sense, we already had a little bit of a built-in audience as well. But, you know, we've got, because we're one of our causes is the Boys and Girls Club in our hometown, we are in talks with them, hopefully soon going to be doing an event with them in terms of obviously providing free cocoa but um, also presenting our check for the last quarter and and stuff like that so we're hoping to you said create the association between the twins and hot cocoa right, <laughs> yes right, right perfect what's your long-term strategy mm-hmm you got the platform that is scalable. Yes. And certainly as you grow, you have a plan mm-hmm. for the operations. Have you started to think through the three-year, five-year view of how this could evolve? Yeah, definitely. And I think the, the reason we started it the, was for the long term because, you know, when you start a company, it's not instantly profitable, even with as little startup costs as we had. And we knew that. And truly, the goal was, like I said, my, my sister is a mom of three, and she loves being a mom of three and so we wanted to keep her as a stay-at-home mom and her husband's wanting to come off the road in the near future and so we're just hoping in the next year to be able to provide her with enough to pay the bills so she can stay home with her kids and so that would probably be our, our first goal is to be profitable enough to where she can stay at home and then our next goal would obviously be to uh, be more than profitable and to be able to start as I mentioned before co-packing and taking some of that off of our plates and then I mentioned a little bit in terms of maybe a brick and mortar more likely some kind of cocoa truck or something like that. I think it would be silly to say that we hadn't talked about growing, 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 and then selling. I think that should be the an option for any growing company. We want it to be a lifestyle company. Don't necessarily, I mean, we don't want to be a Starbucks or anything like that. That takes a lot of time. <laughs> you know, we just, we want to, to do what we love and enjoy what we do and, and get paid for it. And so that's kind of our goal is to make it a lifestyle company. And then maybe in the far future, um, talk about selling. So when you get your growth, you don't see an option where you would sell into chain stores like a Kroger or Whole Foods or right that's it's yes that is on our on our goals um we're talking now to because it is a seasonal product we're talking to ski resorts you know places that a lot of places up north that even in their summer it's not out of the question I mean people still associate warm drinks in the summer and so we're we're tapping a very 
niche market right now and then hopefully even if it is seasonal be able to we would love to get into some retail stores and 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 stuff like that and even boutiques that do gift baskets you know maybe they have a hot cocoa gift basket so we don't we don't have to compete with other cocoa brands i mean it's do you want the hot cocoa basket this is you know this is too good cocoa so we definitely have an idea to get into retail and i i wouldn't say it's in the future i mean that's definitely a 2017 item for our on our goals list is to get into retail so yes what about international because i was shocked mm-hmm. I, I, I put your you and your sister out on mm-hmm. my facebook page mm-hmm. And I would say a good third of the people who responded to the post were from the UK. Yeah, we do. Same with ours. We are technically international. We can ship international. We had, it was so interesting because at first when we created the website and we were setting shipping rates and restrictions and stuff, we we said, well, well, obviously just ship domestic. And we got a lot of interest at the very beginning from people primarily in the UK, but yes, people overseas. And so we said, well, I guess we'll fix this. And so, you know, we tweaked it a little bit and we, we can ship international now. It's shipping rates are, they're a little, (laughs) a a little bit of a barrier. So, um, I, it's not, probably not going to be a 2017 item, but we would definitely love to be able to, to get it all over because obviously people are experiencing winter at different times. Like that's how we can combat the seasonality exactly. of it. Exactly. That's the first thing I thought of when you when you mentioned that. Yeah. Was a couple ways to be the seasonality. You know, shift the product. Yes. Or shift where you sell it. Exactly. And when you you know we're experiencing some of the hottest times, other people are going through some of their coldest times. Yeah. Why exactly. not find those folks? Yeah. Exactly. So and you know there's different ways to do that in terms of combating the shipping prices. That you know maybe we we have an international section on our store. So we have a domestic section and an international section because we can't offer the same things in terms of shipping. Um, and so, you know, it might come into up raising the price a little bit on the international order so that it, they don't have to pay all of the shipping or something like that. And we would just take a little bit less of the profits and, and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, I think that's a great way to combat the seasonality that honestly I hadn't even considered. I just thought it was so cool that people right. <laughs> people from all over the world were supporting us and, and wanting to try our product. And that, but that's actually a great idea. No, I think, it, I think you have a brand and a model that has global appeal. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it's about solving some of those problems and the beautiful thing is is you solve them that becomes a barrier to entry to someone else looking to copy your model yeah have you seen any competitors who are your competitors and how have they responded to your entry into the market yeah i mean you know on it we don't have a lot of local competitors in terms of our hometown um there's obviously coffee shops and stuff that sell hot cocoa we're actually trying to get in there and push out their hot cocoa and we would love to be the hot cocoa they provide. But honestly, I'd say our biggest competitor is Swiss Miss. And they don't consider us a competitor, but they're a competitor because they're such a, a low cost item. And we're a little bit more gourmet. We you know, we don't have fillers and, and stuff like that. So it's a different product, but people associate us on the same level. So, you know, why why would I pay this much for fifteen servings when I could pay this much for 20 servings or something with Swiss Miss. And so that's really our biggest competitor would be the the low cost cocoa items that really don't provide a great product because a lot of people have not had great hot cocoa. We see ourselves on the level of Starbucks from a quality standpoint, but we see ourselves on a Swiss Miss level from a competitive standpoint. What else are you doing to move that needle? 
Starbucks had that same problem initially. Mm-hmm. People were used to Maxwell House yes. when they launched mm-hmm. a $3 cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. And people had to make that choice to say, I want a great cup of coffee mm-hmm. versus something I got to scoop and right. you know, get for pennies a cup. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. They had, to, they had to build the brand and educate the community mm-hmm. that, the, that this cup of coffee is a superior cup of coffee. Yeah, and well, that's... That, and that's what we're trying to do is educate. Um, the We are a better cup of cocoa than Swiss Miss. But also, I is think... Is it just the ingredients that you would say are that make you better? Or is it uh, is, is a certain aspect to your product mm-hmm. that you can say, side by side, this is a better product than... Yeah, I I definitely think from an ingredient standpoint, for sure. From a taste standpoint, um, from a quality standpoint, we try to go with high quality ingredients. And Swiss Miss is more about quantity than quality. Mm -hmm. But I think that, you know, we're definitely trying to educate. But I think one of the reasons Starbucks was what they did so well was truly brand themselves and not their product. And so they have merchandise. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to Bluehost.com Wondersuite. That's Bluehost.com Wondersuite. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. They have, you know, their rewards programs and stuff like that. And so that's kind of where we're trying to go is merchandise and, and promoting the brand. Right. Not just the product, but the brand. Yeah, they were selling an experience. Exactly. Right. People show up at Starbucks with a laptop and, they're there and work on their novel exactly. because that's Our, where you're supposed to go to exactly. do those things. Yes. Right. And that three dollar cup of coffee mm-hmm. is part of that experience exactly in starbucks especially is a little bit of a status symbol and so to we would love to be able to position ourselves in the the customer mind of not a status symbol but almost a, like a charity symbol i mean they're proud to display this mm-hmm.
because it means that they contributed to a cause to this specific cause and it has our logo on it so it's definitely branding for us but we want it to be definitely a, a status symbol from a charity aspect have you looked into the health benefits mm-hmm. as a possibility for further differentiating your brand and elevating the category of cocoa mm-hmm. altogether? Oh, sure. Yeah, and definitely part of our social campaign, um, we have several links to the health benefits of cocoa. And I mean, there are as many antioxidants in one cup of hot chocolate as a glass of wine. That I, I did the research yes. on it, and it blew me away. And, and then I I'm not complaining. <laughs> the Mayans had something when they came up yes. with this drink because mm-hmm. it had you know great taste. Yes. But as many antioxidants mm-hmm. as a glass of wine. Yes. Right? And it's when you're thinking about a candy bar mm-hmm. oh, from yeah. a nutritional perspective, it's better mm-hmm. because it doesn't have you know the calories or the drawbacks that a candy bar would have. Sure. And then I also found out it's great for blood pressure. It is, yes. And actually, it's it's pretty good for um, cholesterol as well. And you're not selling that. <laughs> oh. I mean, you, I mean, like I said, it's, with great it's ingredients, in pure ingredients, mm-hmm. you can sell that every day. Yes. But I've, I've worked a little while at General Mills, and I was there during the time when oats. Were, were marketed being good for your heart. Yes. <laughs> when we started marketing the oats as a way to improve heart health, the brand exploded. Mm. The demographic changed overnight yeah. and the benefits created a halo around the brand that yes. separated it from other cereal. That's, yes. And I was just completely shocked by that, that you know we were able to open up some different channels, use radio mm-hmm. uh, to kind of talk to men and drive time coming home on sports stations. Perfect. And say, hey, yeah, you know, you're struggling with your heart health. You need to be eating this for breakfast. Mm-hmm. You need to be eating it for lunch and dinner. And, <laughs> and they were. And I'm going, wow, that's you know. So it, it gave me a different perspective on how our brand that had started mm-hmm. pretty much as a kid cereal could expand outside of its normal demographic. Yeah. But more importantly, put that halo so that when you start looking at other price sensitive products, yeah, relative to Cheerios, which was a premium product, mm-hmm. you could sustain that pricing. Yeah. So I, when I when I when I started doing that research, I was like, wow, that needs to be a big part of. I love using it as a campaign because, like I said, it's part of our our social content. We definitely talk about it and stuff, but I love using the idea of it as a campaign and maybe even having um, almost like a healthy line of products. I could see it right now. Somebody drinking cocoa out of a wine glass. Oh. Because you basically tell them, substitute this instead of wine and, and save your life. Yeah. And, and this is exactly same thing. You're getting the same benefits. Same benefits, right? And I love it. And then with all the other products that you're talking about innovating around, that gives you some year-round reason to always come back to cocoa. Sure. Yeah, I agree. And then you know, thinking about it, I mean, it's people have chocolate protein shakes. Mm-hmm. So if we perhaps. Make a chocolate protein. A protein hot cocoa. Yes. For people who work out, market that to the gyms. I'm loving it. And we did we did something similar with this campaign we were talking about. Once we figured out the heart healthiness, mm-hmm. we put together little sample packs and even uh, little kid packs. And we just went around to all the doctors and said, okay, you deal with uh, a lot of male clients. Give these out to your oh, male perfect. clients and let yeah. them try it out. Tell them it's good for their heart. Yeah. And we gave those doctors, you know, hundreds of packs. And, you know, it initiated trial for us because, like you said, mm-hmm. you know, we touch you seven times. Mm-hmm. We've established some brand identity with yes. you. 
on this particular topic. And whenever the doctor starts saying, yeah, you need to think about your heart and your cholesterol, the guy goes, hey, uh, I remember something about that Cheerios exactly. in the heart. I know what and, I can do. Right. Yep. So it just gave a lot of different ways to dynamically grow the brand. It you know opened up a, a whole new level of marketing for us. Yeah. Minneapolis is a place you need to be. <sighs> It is cold there, uh, many months That's out of the so year. That's so true. And they need to be the cocoa capital of the world. Yes. That's not a bad idea. No, it's not. All the places up there. Like I said, you know, we're looking into ski resorts and just kind of the the upper half, not even the upper half, the upper third in terms of that's obviously the the cocoa season is going to be a lot longer there and probably cocoa or cocoa-esque products in terms of hot drinks and, and things like that are definitely more prevalent. Because in the South, it's like, you know, we're in Chattanooga, Tennessee right now. It's, I think one time, one or two times this winter, it got to 30 degrees. Right. And so even though we technically had a winter and there was technically cold weather, it's just, it's a cold, uh, it's a cold period. You know, so it's a cold few days, but it's not a cold winter, and right. so hot beverages are not necessarily a go-to. So definitely the upper part of the United States right. is, is where we're trying to focus right, right. now. Yeah, for your core product. But yes. I love the, the innovations you have mm-hmm. in the pipeline for these different drinks. The, yes. um, the, the protein shakes. Yeah, I'm I mean, loving that. I mean, University of Tennessee, I mean, you can't imagine the football team coming out on the field after. Yes, I can. Drinking one of those protein shakes. I definitely shakes. There can. There you go, absolutely. Absolutely. Not only will they perform better, but they have great heart health. Yes, <laughs> I know. I'm so yeah, this. no, it's it's beautiful uh, with the options, and this is what I love about business mm-hmm. and love about the time that we're living in. In that these sort of ideas won't take ten years. Oh my gosh! You got the tools, exactly. the resources as a small business person to get them out there. Mm-hmm. It's not going to take ten years, and it's not going to take ten thousand dollars. Right. I mean, it's instant and easy. Right. I love it. And you got quick feedback, like I said, using the analytics mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and say it's we're on to something, but mm-hmm. how do we tweak it? How do we get yes. it better? How do we refine the message and then get that campaign mm-hmm. back out there? Yeah, exactly. Well, this is all fun. Tell me about your worst day, though. Oh, good. People got to know that this is not always yeah. cocoa and roses. It's not. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, there are days, you know, energetically, Everything just goes wrong. And specifically, you know, there just happened to be a day. Something was wrong with the website that we were trying to figure out. People could not check out and then happened to be on that same day. Other orders had gotten there that were either incorrect or they were damaged in some way and and stuff like that. And it just happened. Everybody has those days where, you know, you can handle one or two things, but then every once in a while, everything comes crashing down at one time and it's and that's it's just customer service it's product quality it's all of that stuff and we've had one or two of those days that it's just and definitely not a why am i doing this but a whole i'm ready for this day to be over (laughs) kind of mindset but like i said before truly just knowing that you're doing good because part of the everyday is dealing with the the product quality and and customer service and stuff, but also part of every day is promoting the charities you're working with, promoting good causes, talking with the causes that you're in touch with and stuff like that. So there's always that, that, that positive side that you are working with on a daily basis. And that always kind of pulls you through. You mentioned that 
customer service. Mm-hmm. How, how do you handle those customers who may not have gotten the optimal experience? Because I think the audience needs to know that you're running a total business. Yes. It's not just put the cocoa in the box and then it's over with. Oh you got gosh. the back end Everything. and the follow through. You mentioned you have a survey to kind yes. of make sure that the because mm-hmm. com- that's part of the brand. It is. So how do you how do you handle those? You know, it just. Obviously, as nicely as possible, but then part of our brand is really kind of this quirky, fun idea. And so, you know, in our survey, we we use a lot of emojis and 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 talk about being so totally happy and, and stuff like that. So we we try to embody that in our customer service as well. And so it involves a little bit of humor. Obviously, we try to overserve when we correct. And so, you know, if something came and and the top was busted open. We're going to send you two, or we'll send you your original order and then a sample of another flavor so you can try something else for free and stuff like that. So there's the obvious general just being a decent person when somebody calls to complain, but then you try to over-deliver on your correction. You over-correct for sure, and then you you try to handle it in a little bit of a humorous way. Perfect, perfect. Mm-hmm. That to me, uh, when you know at my last startup, when we started to see the customers come on board, mm-hmm. that's where I spent all my time. Good. You know, that first year is just sitting mm-hmm. and working with the customer service team because that's where things can go off the rails. Yes. Your brand can really run into a ditch mm-hmm. when you don't have the follow-through on the back end mm-hmm. to make sure that the people who represent the brand when the sales go out mm-hmm. look like the people on the front end that sold it. What exactly. I mean by that, look, sound, say the same message exactly. all the way through so that that experience starts to turn into brand identity. Exactly. And people. and I feel like customer complaints are really where you can get your biggest advocates. Because I know that I've ordered something from a new company and it came damaged and so I called and just the way they handled it, I was more likely to suggest them to a friend because of the way they handled my complaint and because it was so great and they they over-delivered on the solution and stuff like that. And I really think that you can turn customer complaints into customer advocates. And it's just with that because they obviously, these people who have had a negative experience are getting a lot more in-depth of an experience than with you than somebody who everything was fine. You know, they got their shipping confirmation email, they got the cute follow-up survey and stuff like that, and then they're part of the campaign and stuff, but they don't necessarily call and talk to somebody. And so I really feel like complaints are a a vital and important role in your entire brand because that's where you can really convert people into advocates for you and not just customers. Now, your best day. Tell us about your very best day. You know what? It was, um, it was the the day that we made a sale that was not personal. So obviously, when we launched, we had a lot of people who probably felt obligated to buy cocoa, and so a lot of friends and family and stuff. And I remember calling Jessica, and I said, "I think we got our first stranger order." She said, oh, "What?" And I said, "Yeah." And because this had been followed by, obviously, she doesn't know everybody I know, and I don't know everybody she knows. So there'd been a first time I'm like, "I think we got our first true order." And she's like, "No, no, 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 that's my husband's friend." And so it was the first time that we got our true order, as, and so it made us feel like an, a legitimate company. Like we have an actual customer now, not somebody who feels obligated to buy from us. You know, not somebody that we that we like guilted into getting some cocoa and stuff. And and it was it was just the first 
first super positive, I guess, time that we we felt legitimate and we felt like, okay, so this can actually work. And it was just, it was such a great moment. And we've obviously had those moments multiple times afterwards, but that first time is the, is the time you always remember. It was that first non-friend or family order that I'm like, hey, do you know so-and-so? She's like, no. And he's like, I don't either. <laughs> they ordered cocoa. And she was like, oh my gosh, okay. And I, you know, they got like a special thank you card, like handwritten and stuff like that. So it was, it was just a fun, we, we felt legitimate. That's perfect. Yeah. I know exactly how that feels. Yes. Oh, I'm sure you do. I have the very first dollar <gasps> that I made as an entrepreneur. Oh, that's so Hanging great. above my desk. And I've had that dollar with me since 1995. That is so great. So I love that. So it's hanging on the wall. The, 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 the frame has dropped and cracked. <laughs> I haven't replaced the glass. I was like, this dollar is going to look. Keep it. Keep it just the way it is. Authentic, yes. Yeah, and it just, it, it reminds how hard it is to get that first dollar. Yes. Uh, but it's an important lesson to, to remind you of the joy mm-hmm. of why you do what you do. This has been fabulous. I've learned a lot from you. Oh, I've loved this I so much. I hope everyone out there has yes. has learned. And show us again your, your the products sure. that you have. And right. then tell us where we can find. This is the... This is the, the Grande pouch. This is our largest pouch. Um, and so this is 15 servings. Our petite is six servings, and then our sample has three servings per pouch, and you get five of these. And you can definitely find us anywhere online. We're everywhere from a social media standpoint. Our website is twogoodcoco.com, so that's T-W-O-G-O-O-D-C-O-C-O-A.com. But we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, Pinterest, Everything just at twogoodcoco.com. And then now tell us about the causes that you support when they buy the cocoa. Sure. One cause is autism, and the foundation for for that is the Autism Spectrum Disorder Foundation. And then we support environmental protection, and the foundation for that is the Sierra Club Foundation. And then we support Boys and Girls Club, and that is our local cause. I suppose you can say that goes specifically to the Boys and Girls Club in our hometown. And then we support cancer. We support cancer research. And so, and one thing I love about this particular cause that we support, they do immunoresearch therapy. And this is the Cancer Research Institute. And so they, they're they trying to figure out a way that we can use our immune system to fight cancer. And so we don't have to go through the destruction of chemo and radiation and all of that stuff. And then we support the Society of St. Andrew. And they're the organization I talked about before where they deal with not only food waste, but then hunger in America. And so they do a little bit of both. Well, this has been a great interview. Thank you for giving oh, me your time you on so this Saturday much. morning this here great. in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Oh, yeah. And uh, we will be checking back in with you from time to time to see how things are going. Perfect. When you hit that first $10 million sale, you know, and get that, 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 that <laughs> let's, let's do another one of these and let yes. people know. I'll hold you, know, you to that. Absolutely. <laughs> I would love that to let people know all the things that have changed yes. and how you've grown the business and oh, all yeah. the people who are working for you. That'll be a whole you. different podcast. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Well, thanks again. Yeah. And have a great time with this company. Thank we'll, you. we'll keep following you and keep Perfect. ordering cocoa from you. <laughs> Perfect. Wow, what a terrific interview. We want to wish Megan and Jessica good luck with Too Good Cocoa. And thank you for listening to Gorilla Panure, the art of waging small business warfare podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, you may also enjoy my book, Gorilla Panure, Small Business Strategy for David's Wanting to Defeat Goliaths. Look for it on Amazon. Barnes & Noble, and iTunes. Please 
Follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Gorillapreneur. And check us out at our website, Cero.com. C-E-Y-E-R-O.com. We have lots of great templates and startup documents for entrepreneurs, and you can sign up for our newsletter. Thank you, Megan Woodall of Too Good Coco, for being on the Gorillapreneur podcast. Please support them by ordering at that website, TooGoodCoco.com, and follow them on Facebook, Pinterest, Twitter, and Instagram at Too Good Coco. Now I want to close with a quote from the great Chinese military strategist Sun Tzu. Victorious warriors win first and then go to war, while defeated warriors go to war first and then seek to win. Keep fighting, guerrillapreneurs. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.